no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. All right, thanks for hanging out. First and Pod, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filippone. Thank you for subscribing, rating, reviewing. If you're listening, you've probably already done that. But why don't you tell a friend? Keep growing this thing. We'd really appreciate it. Every team, every week, every game coming to you as soon as Eagles and Packers goes final. Uh, I'm watching Jason Kelsey get a game ball pony on Sunday Night Football. The Eagles ran for 363 yards, most uh, since the 50s. And I feel like it is a deserved game ball. That Eagles offensive line was absolutely dominant. And when we talk about like best units in the NFL, I feel like they have to be on the absolute short list in the entire league. it's, It's probably the single biggest reason. And there's a lot. They're a complete team. But I look at it as the single biggest reason for what the Eagles are doing this year. And yet I feel like it's not even the biggest story from this game that you'd have somebody set a record, uh, a rushing record in a pass-happy era of football. And I think the Aaron Rodgers injury uh, is is going to be the big story. And the way that Jordan Love looked on his handful of throws is going to be the story. I mean, how many times do they mention the, well, this is when Aaron Rodgers got his first break. Favre went out no seven, and then... It was Aaron Rodgers' job the next year. They were forcing that narrative down our throats, Danny. And Love, who supposedly looked so bad that it gave the Packers uh, all of the information necessary to basically sell their souls to Aaron Rodgers this offseason, made good throws and garbage time. Right on the money. I mean, no spec. I mean, the touchdown was like more of a run than it was a throw. Yeah. But he looked sharp. He did look sharp. Let, let, let me speak for all of Chicago and presumably all of the NFL. If Jordan Love is good, I'm going to vomit. It, it, it would be so sickening to go from Favre to Rodgers to another good quarterback. And especially because I've been yelling ever since before that draft that that pick should have been T. Higgins. And that everything would have been different for Rodgers and Devontae Adams and those NFC Championship games that they lost. And Higgins had an absolutely monstrous day that we'll get to in a minute. Uh, But obviously, if Jordan Love is that dude and they get to just pass the baton to the next quarterback, it's incredible. But Rodgers just signed. Like, Rodgers is injured. Rodgers is having surgery on his thumb. Like, maybe Jordan Love in these last few games looks good and they trade him. Right. Is it a Matt Flynn situation where he didn't get traded, but he looked good enough backing up Rodgers where Seattle signed him and paid him all that money? Is it a Rob Johnson situation when he was behind Brunel in Jacksonville? Matt Castle. Scott Mitchell in Miami. Exactly. You know, and that would be huge for the Packers that they'd have somebody that they could then deal in recoup picks and help build around Rodgers and maybe even prepare better for life after Rodgers. But like, I mean, I see no reason why. We don't know what kind of injury it is yet. They reported oblique. Some people on Twitter said rib. I see no reason for Rodgers to play another game this year. No. I mean, other than pride. 
And, and know, will they kowtow to him on that? He's played through a broken thumb. They've let right. him do that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that that's true. And did he get a no trade clause? I would assume so. I'm going to say yes, but there's kind of a blind yes on my part saying that. Spencer, if you could look that up, if you have a minute, um, I wonder. I wonder if he because I mean he said he wants to finish his career with the Packers, but it'd be really fun for. Well, here's his no trade clause. So good that they talked about trading Rodgers. Here's his no trade clause. If it's not in there, if you trade me, I'll retire. I mean, there's his no trade clause. You know, sure. he has that leverage where it's like, I won't play for that team if you trade me there. But but there's a but there's a scenario that exists where Rodgers wants to be traded. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like who who knows what and Rodgers maybe it could be amicable. Right. That's a, so like so yeah. No, if if Rodgers doesn't want to be traded, he's not getting traded because the cap hit would be too big, he could retire, all, all of that stuff. But if he's a willing partner, uh that I could I could see that being a thing. Spencer, are, he wrote in the chat, no trade clause. Do you think that means that there is a no trade clause? Yes, or, that's how I took that message. Yes. Or 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 no trade clause. <laughs> he does not have a no trade oh, clause. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Thank thank you to uh to, to Spencer Ray. But, okay, so, you know, every team, every week, every game, I agree with you. Like, the talking head storyline is going to be Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers. But, and I know Green Bay's defense has not been very good. But Minnesota, San Francisco, Philly, Dallas. Why are we putting Minnesota in there? Do you feel obligated to do that because of their record? Yes. Okay. I don't know. I I would put them fourth, even though they could be the two-seed. And we saw what happened when they played Philly, but yes, put it, feel obligated because and Dallas. Of what? And Dallas. Don't just say Philly. We saw what they did against Dallas. They yeah, that's absolutely true. That's, no, that's that's an excellent point. That's an excellent. I'm just saying, coming out of the Eagles game, but like, so if I, if you had to take, if you had to pick your yeah. NFC Championship matchup, Philly's in, right? Like they they are the most complete of those teams, pretty clearly. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say they're the most complete. I would just say that they're they have the record advantage over uh, over San Francisco. And they're Ooh, I think their offense Dallas. is more. I think their offense is more. I, I don't. I don't think the Saints are holding them to thirteen points, buddy. What's that? I'm saying I don't like the the Saints held the nine or the the Niners only scored what thirteen against the Saints. Okay, I, the the Colts just held the Eagles to seventeen. And they needed to piss blood in order to come back and win that game last week. That's true. And that's they didn't true. look good against Washington either. So I'm trying to not be the guy that succumbs to recency bias here, Danny, to start the show. I understand. But so, okay. So, so you take San Francisco over Philly. Uh, and I would take Dallas over them. Yes. Not really. Hmm. Okay. I don't, I'm surprised. I don't see the argument. Uh, I mean, the game. You made be- the argument for the Cowboys on the last podcast. You were the proprietor. You were the author. Oh, of no, 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 that no, no. argument. For, 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 I'm sorry for San for San, for San Francisco. The, and, and I listen. I have I have a ticket on the Niners to win the Super Bowl. So I I I, I hope you're right. You don't see the argument. I, it in Philly with the quarterback discrepancy. No, I don't. I think. I mean, I think that Philly would be a deserving favorite. 
So well, and how can saying, Washington go there and win it? Championship right now. Can't. You think Washington can go into Philly and San Fran can't? No, they can't. They, of course, any given Sunday they can. So you're you're picking an NFC Championship game today. Your power ranking the NFC are most likely to be there. You're saying San Fran one, Dallas two, Philly three. Uh. Yeah, pro- see, yes. I'm not because of, because yes. of path, because of where it's going. I I'll say Philly one, San Fran two, Dallas three. Wow, you're really knocking Dallas for the game against the Giants when I felt like you had them won after the Vikings game. I mean, I mean, call it recency bias if you want. I suppose we've we've talked about all year how Philly can win in different ways, and even when they win they win ugly, they're still winning. I mean, it counts for something, man, and they just. They can kick the shit out of teams. That offensive line in their running game is going to just be a thing that's going to show up in the playoffs. But, all right, let's get to the slate. Um, I had trouble with the order today. Okay. But I feel like because the media wanted to have the Jaguars arrive before they did anything, the fact that they did something today and the fourth quarter of that game was so damn entertaining – Three scoring drives in the last six minutes for the Jaguars. Two 75-yard touchdown drives and a two-point conversion. Did today feel like the arrival, the coronation of Trevor Lawrence and all of the media hype that the Jaguars have gotten this year? I actually thought it felt more like a funeral for Baltimore. I felt it. I, I kind of felt like it was more a death blow for them because of what happened in the Bengals game. And the fact that the Ravens offense again was stagnant for almost all of that game where they were just kicking field goals. And then they finally get their shit together and their defense doesn't stand up or rise up for them. And so, I mean, it's the best game Trevor Lawrence has had. It came against a a game opponent with a lot of proven high-end players on defense. But, I mean, I think it's more about the Ravens opening the division back up for Cincinnati. And given what's happened with the Chiefs and the Dolphins in the last few weeks, it's like, shit, it's not going to happen for them again this year. And they've blown all of these games where they've either held a lead, they've held a double-digit lead in and this was the first game this year they didn't have a double-digit lead, Danny. But it was, and what, 19-10? Every... What's that? They, they had they were up 19-10. Right. Yeah. So, it was, so it, was still, it was still more than a touchdown. Right. Baltimore's a, a, a hard team to figure out because clearly they can beat anybody. If you can get up double digits on anyone, you can win. And Lamar can be the best player on the field. We've talked about that all year. Like the Lamar throw to Deshaun Jackson – 65, 65 yards in the air, unbelievable play. Deshaun Jackson's 35 goddamn years old and still getting behind defenses like Two that guys. In, in huge spots. It's unbelievable, but Lamar completes 50% of his passes. So it's like he can be Superman and do things that very few players in the world can do, but then he can't hit the layups and they don't do enough around him to scheme things open for the easy throws. Well, what did you, how would you have answered the Twitter question that I put out there after the game? Which quarterback would you want for the next five years, Trevor Lawrence or Lamar Jackson? That's a great question. 
Two-thirds of the people I asked it to said Lawrence. Now, they had just watched that game. And keep in mind, most of the people who tolerate me or like me are, are, are Steelers fans. So they do have a bias. But still. That strikes me as a disproportionately high number. And a little disrespectful. A little? Dude who, who's one Very MVP, disrespectful. Who's one MVP. I mean, I just so badly, I feel like I have a broken record. I so badly want to see Lamar Jackson with a real number one receiver. And I just so badly want to see Trevor Lawrence be a great quarterback. And guess what? Neither of those two things have happened yet. Well, I know, but I feel like but, but Lamar's gone without a number one wide receiver for a lot longer than we've waited for Trevor Lawrence to arrive. He had Urban Meyer, and then he's halfway through his second year, and he looks pretty damn good, at least today. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised that you think that Baltimore is going to be the bigger story coming out of it. Like, in terms of a team that's competitive this year, of course, but Trevor Lawrence is the golden boy, man. Like, he's he's the heir apparent. There are very few players in the league that have more physical gifts than than him at the quarterback position. So for him to have those moments, but I, if I was going to answer my own question, like, did it feel like the arrival? He still, to me, looks shaky under pressure. Like, he had the huge throws late, and so I know it's going to seem weird, but he had the fumble in the third quarter, he almost had a fumble late, and he had a dropped interception. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think the reason why I kind of flipped the, t- turned the tables on that question is because I was at a play, I was at a sports book today and I watched every one o'clock game. Every game was on, which can be sensory overload and it can be hard to concentrate on any one thing. But I feel like I was able to follow all every game better. And I really did not feel like Lawrence had a great game until right. the very end. But at the end, he was amazing and it yeah, showed you what I mean, 275 yard drives, like that's that's how we are gonna judge court. And then Touchdown throw to win, two-point conversion. Like, they put it on him. They trusted him. Obviously, they've got nothing to lose. They're not playing for anything. But it was undeniably a step for him. But I don't think it was the coronation, and I still worry about him, like, processing it quickly enough under pressure. He makes too many turnover-worthy plays, even if they're not ultimately turnovers. You know how I like to judge the games on paper. Like, next week's slate on paper is awesome. Today's not so much. Tennessee, since he was the only matchup of teams with a winning record, since he wins, what impressed you more? That the Bengals offense was able to do what it did without Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, or the fact that their defense held Derrick Henry to two yards per carry, which I, I did not see coming? Ooh, I would probably say the latter. I would probably say the latter just because I've watched Burrow cook the Steelers defense without Chase and without Mixon in the second half just last week, up close and personal. And look, Henry's had games where his yards per carry number has not been that impressive, but he's just beating you over the head with, you know, pound and pound and pound and wins the war of attrition. Uh, But that didn't happen today. And look, this is... Cincinnati's defense came on late last year and in the playoffs. For as much as Burrow made clutch plays, go back and look at those scores. They really played great defense in all three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. So I think we saw some of that today, Danny, even though their number one corner is out for the year. 
Uh, they're not going to get tested per se as, you know, as a pass defense, they will next week, obviously, but yeah, I mean, anytime you're in Tennessee, Derrick Henry is your number one objective. And even on his long run, they forced him to fumble on that play. So I would say, I would say the defensive performance. Yeah. Uh, T Higgins is amazing. Like he's an amazing football player. He did have some drops today, but overall I would agree with you. Just like the degree of difficulty on some of the catches and, you know, he's a two on that team, but he's a one on 10 to 15 teams in the NFL. And Boyd's a three who's a two on like every team in the NFL. Right. So, you know, I think that like, you know, when, when you have Burrow and and Higgins and Boyd, the offense, you know, putting up 250 passing yards or whatever is not completely ridiculous selling out to stop Derrick Henry and being successful. A lot of teams sell out to stop Derrick Henry. Most are not successful. Titans still have to feel like they blew it. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the penalty on running into the long snapper, which is just such a weird rule that no casual fan watching ever notices. But every time it happens, you're like, yep. They've they- beaten one team with a winning record this year, and that was Washington before Washington got hot. And they're probably going to be a home underdog in their playoff game, despite what people say about him tough to stop Derrick Henry in cold weather games in January. And they've got a coach that everybody likes in Brable. Yeah. Tough day for them. I mean, just like with the execution, yep. um, it got a little, got a little sloppy. They get the Eagles next week. I think they are going to get absolutely destroyed. But again, I pick against them every weekend, bet since today. <laughs> so uh, <do> I. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tampa, Cleveland, a lot of ways we could go with this, but I've got two strong takes on it. What'd you say? I said I've got two very strong takes on it. Oh, good. Would you do you want to do you want to start us off with one? I think Todd Bowles should be fired at the end of the year. I don't think he will be, but I honestly think his coaching malpractice gets lost in what has been a season of Nathaniel Hackett's and Josh McDaniels and Matt Rule. And so he's not quite as bad as them, but frankly, he's not much better. And his record in New York would back that up. He had one good season there. People said he had bad quarterbacks. But I see him, again, at the end of regulation, just make awful game management decisions. I think Brady threw the ball great today. Actually deserved a much better result. And I think his coach let him down. And then I would say Jacoby Brissett is going to be the Houston Texans starting quarterback week one of next year. I I think he's got himself a job. I think he'll be a bridge quarterback for a team that drafts a first-round pick, and they'll see where they go with him. But everyone praises his locker room stuff and his personality, and somebody will draft a quarterback, and they'll think Jacoby Brissett will be the guy who grooms him and helps him out. And I think it's Houston because of the Casario Patriots connection with Brissett. Yeah, I think that – so the Bulls stuff's great. The Jacoby thing, I think, is going to be a consensus majority opinion. So this is the end, right? I, I wanted to talk to Kobe because Deshaun comes back. They they gave away the farm. They paid him. They're they're going to sink or swim with Deshaun Watson, and he will immediately become one of the three biggest stories in the NFL the, the rest of the season. But Jacoby Brissett just had a career year, man. Ten games, 2,400 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions, 18th in passer rating, 7th. In QBR. I know QBR is not a perfect stat, 
but someone is going to say, here's $15 million. Here's 20 million bucks. And it will probably come with, you know, drafting a QB. I'm not saying that he has a crazy high ceiling or is a long-term answer or anything like that. But Jacoby Brissett, the 46-yard completion to Amari Cooper in overtime, like he can execute game plans. Of all of the things that Indy has tried post-Andrew Luck, he's arguably been the most successful with Rivers and, and Wentz. He had his moments. Like, that guy is a pro. He's just – he's clearly one of the th- the 32 best quarterbacks in the world. He clearly is. Yeah, but I think he's between, like, 25 and 32. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, but, but of course, but he's but he's not a clear-cut backup. Like, he's – he is a solid football player. He's not great, but he is a he is a I'm not saying you'd want him as your quarterback like and think that you had big aspirations, mm-hmm. but he is better than anybody thought going into this year, including the Browns. Tampa by the way, I don't know if this Tristan Wirfs injury is going to be the thing that finally sinks him, but no, they'll be favored in like every game and we'll be back on these podcasts on Thursday expecting them to win every game like we always do. The Browns ran all over him, man. Yep. Like 190 rushing yards. They're just not good. Yeah, I'm telling you, Bowles, I think, is just not head coach material. Great coordinator, not a head coach. Okay, next game, another very entertaining football game. Seahawks Raiders. You know I want to talk about Geno, but Josh Jacobs set a bunch of records today. Yep. He's still underrated, or is this the day he finally gets his due and is going to become properly rated as an elite football player? Oh, man. No, I don't think he's going to get that. I don't think he's going to get that kind of evaluation. I don't. Only player since 1950 with 225 or more rushing yards and 70 or more receiving yards in a single game set a Raiders franchise record for yards from scrimmage with 303. 229 yards rushing and an 86-yard walk-off touchdown run in overtime. That is an all-time historic game for a running back. All-time. And we know that McDaniels doesn't have to convince Mark Davis to keep his job because Mark Davis is poor and he eats like Papa John's pizza at like owners' meetings and goes to P.F. Chang's every day. And drives his minivan to get his bowl cut and all that stuff. Like, he's one of the great characters in sports. We know that McDaniels is safe there. But do you think you could reasonably be persuaded by someone like myself, or or just to play devil's advocate, that if they actually draft and sign good defensive players this offseason, they've got the makings of a really good team there? Could you be talked into that? Because you just said you just said Jacobs is elite. We know the wide receiver is incredible. We know the quarterback can be upper echelon. Plus throwing Waller if he can get healthy. Their offensive line has played better than I thought it would this year. I think McDaniels is a bottom 10 coach. But how I much think- credit does he get for like Josh Jacobs season, Danny? Because this is the best we've seen from Jacobs. They, they should have lost... He, I mean, dude, that guy kicked a field goal on fourth and one from the yes, seven-yard line with Josh Jacobs in a shootout. I know he did. 
And he punted in overtime. I mean, Nick Sirianni on fourth and three kicked like a 55-yard field goal when his team had rushed for 390 yards and he didn't get criticized for it because it worked. So, fair enough. Which I think was just as bad. All of these coaches stink. (laughs) None of them are good. I should coach every team. But, I mean, I don't know, man. That opening interception that Carr threw was pretty brutal. Like, You've always liked Carr more than I have. Oh, yeah. So, I'm not – I don't know that I can get there with you. Oh, Spencer makes a good point. They declined the fifth-year option on Josh Jacobs. Yeah, they'll franchise tag him. They'll admit their their mistake there. I think you can give him the tag. He's having – He's having actually no, they won't because because McDaniel's doesn't believe in that shit. He's from the New England school, and we'll just let him walk and get the comp pick. So what am I talking about? He'll be on somebody else's roster next year. He's having an incredible season. Yep. Like what? All the powerhouse running backs, man: Chubb, Saquon, Jacobs, Henry until today. I mean, obviously not um, um, Taylor and Indy, but like the powerhouse running backs are all having pretty monstrous seasons. Um, anything on Seattle? I mean, the DK Metcalf one, by the way, that, that, that catch around midfield, the 12 yard catch. I was surprised they overturned it. I thought, yeah, I, thought that was, I thought that was a catch. That was a tough spot for them. Like I, I mean, Gina was great again. I like, I think the job, I think one of the two Cinderella stories, the giants or the Seahawks, one of those two teams is going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. We've talked about that for weeks. I, I, you know me, man, I, I hope it's the Giants. I think it will be the Giants. I, I want I want to see Geno have a playoff moment. Um, all right. Well, so we talked a little bit about the Niners anyway. This game was this game was weird. Not Niners and Saints. We'll just start here. Niners defense still makes them a Super Bowl contender. Yes, we're still we still are yeah. operating from that baseline. Yeah, they had that one awful game against the Chiefs, which is yeah. alarming in some ways because that's who you measure yourself up against. But overall, I would agree with you. I mean, they shut down Alvin Kamara, and the game should have been six nothing because the touchdown pass to uh, the Garoppolo through should have been an end zone interception. It was an absolutely horrible throw. Yep. So I don't like. I don't want to. I can't give like the, the the Niners too much credit for this win. Dennis Allen in, and the Saints are a dumpster fire in in plenty of ways, but but I think it's shut- on purpose. What? I said I think it's on purpose. How so? What well, what specifically is on purpose? Well, I think they've I think they've low-key tanked their season. And I don't think anybody talks about it because you know there are other maybe more obvious examples of some of that going on, like the debate about um Saturday in Indianapolis, uh yeah. what Carolina did with the trades they made and the coaching change. But when I heard when I heard Jameis talk this week, it made me think that something was up there. Like he just came out and said, they basically ripped my soul out of my chest. You're not supposed to lose your job because of an injury. Like, I don't understand why I haven't gone back in as the starter. And I watched that and I'm like, yeah, he makes good points. They've like forced out all of their good players. Whenever there's an injury, the guys never play. I mean, never play. Oh, Cam Jordan, your eye hurts. You're not playing. Uh, Werner, I mean, Lattimore, go on. I mean, the, they, they've, 
they've taken it easy with all of their guys with injuries. I don't know. It just seems like they're not really in what is a very winnable division where you could go eight, nine and win it. They just don't seem invested at all in trying well, to I mean, win especially it. Especially with the Tampa loss today. And I mean, I, try, I, I want to tear up the Saints three and a half to one ticket to win it, the division. And I think it's I almost finally, like they said I to themselves, can. the bet, like if we play Jameis, he'll win us a bunch of games and lose us a bunch of games too. And that's the last thing we want to be is like seven and 10 or eight and nine. That's how I look at it with them. But isn't that a, I, like what? Do you, what I mean, what do you think they're going to finish? No, I think I think keeping Dalton in. I think by playing Dalton, they've tanked their season. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I kind of respect it. So do I. But I do kind of feel bad for Jameis. I'm a Jameis sucker. Yeah, you are. I'm a Jameis stan. But. I mean, I get it. Like you're, they, you know, you you kind of have a ceiling with him as the quarterback, but I just look at what they do week to week and the amount of guys they hold out because of injury and the fact that they've just stuck with Dalton and no one really seems to like want to really criticize them for that that much. Yeah, that's a good it's point. A thir- it's a thirty-five-year-old journeyman quarterback, and you've got a former number one overall pick on your bench who looked good when he played last year. And had like a debilitating back injury, and that's why he left the lineup, dude. So, no, I mean that's a, that's a, that's a good point. I, I didn't even on it to be totally honest with you. I didn't see Jameis's comments this week. Oh I, yeah, he like cried at his locker. I I totally missed it. Um, yeah, they're, they're tanking. Good. More teams should, frankly. Uh, is my guy Brandon Staley back? Chargers, Cardinals. Is he back? Oh, man. I loved that the two-point conversion plays worked for Jacksonville in L.A. today. I really did. Yeah, me too. That was great stuff. Uh, do I think he's back? You know what? I think when... I, th- You know, I think he honestly last year felt like his offense was so much better than his defense that that's why he rolled the dice on fourth downs and two-point plays so much. Yes, absolutely. And I think he's back to that now, that Allen's in the lineup, and Herbert looks better the last few weeks. So, yeah, I'd say for now he's back to that way of thinking and looking at things. I've been so disappointed in him this year. Um, and obviously no Mike Williams still. I am. I feel burned by how conservative he's been the first half of this season. That I think that it was because they, it was their third drive at the end, right? Like Arizona is humiliating. They had no first downs on their last four drives of the game. Like no, no first downs. Kyler saying schematically we were fucked. Uh, on one of the plays in the, in the post-game press conference, just throwing Kingsbury under the bus. If I am HBO, I am demanding millions of dollars back from the NFL. What is the point of that show if they can't include things that are going on in Arizona that are clearly <laughs> about as dysfunctional as it gets you have all access in... They don't, there's... though. We know this. They don't. Well, then fucking shut it down. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but, but that's why Hard Knocks sucks now. Dude, 
I was tempted to go watch this, and then I found out that none of the offensive line coach stuff made it into the show. Yeah, it's insane. And frankly, what a terrible job by ESPN as a rights holder to basically Schefter and those guys knew what had happened with their offensive line coach. But because it was a Mexico City game and it was like, we got to make the NFL look good and we're taking football international, 100% there was a gag order on that until after the game. And Florio came on my show, made a great point. He said, if you knew that before the game, that there was all this upheaval with a coach who groped a woman and got thrown off the team, would that not have made you think about betting San Francisco even more? And I said, yes. I mean, I yeah. knew they were a team in chaos, but they were even more in even more chaos. Oh, I mean, dude, I mean, last year uh, I was in Vegas when the John Gruden uh, emails came out for Bears Raiders, hammered the Bears on the money line. Yeah, I remember that. And they, and they won, won outright. Yep. Yeah, that stuff matters. That stuff absolutely impacts uh, the, these types of situations. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um I was just having a conversation with a media friend uh, today, this morning, actually, about how very clearly NFL and NBA media is largely just, like, in the pockets of whoever gives them stuff. Like, Ian Rappaport's tweet about uh, Aaron Rodgers' thumb, it's like, frankly, it's amazing he's playing through it. Oh, I wonder who gave you that. (laughs) Do you think maybe it was Aaron Rodgers' agent? <laughs> Do you think maybe it was? I think it might have been. Like, it's just, it's just, like, there's always, like, the one sentence that has the couple of adjectives. Yeah. Where you could tell, like, oh, that's team source. Oh, that's player source. Oh, that's well, the I agent. thought it was funny today that there was, like, a report, like, right before the Cardinals game, like, oh, there's been a lot of friction between Kingsbury and Murray, but they've worked it out the last couple of weeks and they feel like they're in a really good place right now. Oh, yeah. And then after the game, he's like, we're fucked, Scamander. Yeah, yeah. get the hell out of here. But so that's the only reason why I'm not going to give my guy Staley too much credit for that. It was such an obvious, like, your offense is not really performing. Like, neither team is like... Don't don't leave it up to the coin flip. Don't leave it up to overtime. Just 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 go for it there. So I, I thought that was like a fairly straightforward situational two point attempt. But I'm hoping that like it gets his mojo going again, and we can start seeing some ridiculous go for it situations because it makes him fun. Um, Chiefs Rams. I didn't have a lot for this game personally because I went into this game feeling like this was a de facto bye week for the Chiefs ahead of next week's game with the Bengals. And it felt at times like the Chiefs, like they slept walk through it, but then they had some moments of amazing offense, but then they had some moments where they kind of sputtered and had some field goals, but they still were moving the ball and scoring. They were never in danger of losing the game. The Rams lose Allen Robinson, obviously cups gone Stafford's in concussion protocol. Like, I didn't I didn't feel like I learned anything meaningful about either team in this game. Did you? Well, I thought early on the Rams like were actually playing with some pride and some guts, you know? Like I was hoping to see that from them today. You know, you're on it's it's a national game. Everybody's getting it at the, in that time slot. 
You've got some great players still on defense. Don't go out like chumps here and get embarrassed. And they really didn't. I know the final score. What, what was the final score, Danny? They lost by 10. Or no, they lost by 16. Yeah, lost 16. By, so, I mean, they didn't even cover, but. Yeah, tw- yeah 26-10. Yeah. Um, I think your synopsis is basically right. I think, you know, the, the takeaway there is that Kansas City is good enough where they can kind of pace themselves against a bad team. And, you know, the Rams are a bad team. But that's yeah. how far they've slipped and fallen this year. So Kelsey cooking Jalen Ramsey for that first touchdown was pretty awesome, though. That yeah. Pretty- yeah. And then you had Rams players making business decisions on that play, too. Like, eh, I don't think we really want to tackle this guy. You can have your touchdown. Yeah. Your guy, Tua, got MVP chance today. Dolphins, Texans. That is like the most tailor-made layup national story ever. Tua, should he be MVP? We talked about it a few weeks ago. You were mad at me for not including Tua in the in the MVP conversation. Do you think that's about to be a huge thing? Uh, it can be. I think it can be. I think, you know, we see this. You know, I'll just make a quick comparison to college football. I mean, did you see the way the markets changed for the Heisman Trophy a minute before kickoff of Ohio State Michigan to where it was when the game ended? Stroud was like minus like um I like an incredible favorite to to not even being in the conversation with one game. So all I'm saying is that yeah, right now, he's probably like maybe like fourth or fifth. He's like in the conversation. He's honorable mention. But if they sweep Buffalo, if they win that division, if Mahomes just kind of plays okay and not great, you know, if Dallas ends up winning the NFC East, Dak's not going to get the MVP. Micah Parsons isn't going to get the MVP. I mean, there is a path for Tua to win the MVP award. Absolutely. It's there. Yeah. It's there. That's a couple too many ifs for me. I want to see if I want to see if the awards markets are are posted again after the games just real quick. I mean, I would guess Mahomes and Hurts for sure are yeah. ahead of him. Yeah, and so but he's third. Plus 550. Yeah. Mahomes minus 145. You can't bet it. There's no value there. But I get why he's the favorite. Yeah, but I could see Hertz winning that award as just the new thing on the block and that and like the record. And we've talked about their schedule. I could I could see Hertz winning that award over Mahomes, man. But let me ask you this question: If Dallas wins the division, you can't give the award. To no, Hertz. you no, you cannot. Yeah, I agree. No, Mahomes deserves to be the favorite. Um, but non-Mahomes, and I guess this is a obvious statement because he's got better odds than him. But I, I think Hertz has a cleaner path and narrative to it than Tua does largely because of the presence of Tyreek Hill. Um, my only, my thing from this game that I thought was just interesting, I was like thinking about uh, next week, like kind of like Chiefs Rams felt like I was like looking ahead to Chiefs Bengals. Yep. Niners Dolphins next week is an awesome game. Yep. On a ton of levels, like schematically with the Niners defense against the Dolphins offense. They know each other with Daniel. Yeah, exactly. Shanahan McDaniel. And it's a 
405 Eastern game when most of the country is going to be getting Chiefs Bengals. That sucks. Yeah, I know. Like that that is like And the, you know what and, and you know why and, you know why that is? You know why? Because and I thought it was the TV network that made the decision, but it's actually the league when it comes to the flex. But the TV networks can can lobby the leagues like, hey, please don't make a flex decision here. I think that happened with the Cowboys and Colts because that game is no business being the Sunday night game. It's only there because the Cowboys, as we saw on Thanksgiving, attract a gigantic audience when they're right. good. But that game should be the 405 game or should be a one o'clock game. And Dolphins and Niners should be the primetime game. When I was just, I mean, screwed I was just because say, of Cowboys lovers. Yeah, right. No, I, I was just going to say, like, the both primetime games, and I know you don't flex Monday night games, but like New Orleans, Tampa, the, Dallas, Indy, it's such a better game. Like, I want, I want to watch every snap of that game. And obviously, it's doable. But it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be tougher to do. Sucks. I mean, it, I mean, that next week's got a lot of really good games on paper, but that one that one might be my favorite. Uh, you're locked into the New York sports media market scene. How do you think they're gonna handle what Mike White did to my Bears today? Because so, I'll tell you this. I'm sorry to answer the question real quick, uh, or just to give context. It led Sunday night football halftime. I saw that. It led it. They said the legend of Mike White continues yeah, okay. on football night in America. Yeah. Um, here's what's happened, I think. This is just my opinion from afar. I think the Geno Smith renaissance has rotted the brains of otherwise smart people who talk about sports in New York City. And that because of what happened with Geno Smith there, you know, they had him, both teams had him, and he's gone on to have a really good year. I think that there's like this love affair with the underdog quarterback now. And so that's why Mike White, I think, has a big following and a huge fan base there because they want to believe that somebody like that, you know, is capable if given a chance, can be a really good quarterback. They're really big on this idea that these guys just don't get opportunities now. And so I think that that, look, I honestly believe that the owner got involved there. I really do. I I, I don't think that that was independent, an uh, uh, individual decision that was made by Salah just to go to White. I think the owner saw the press conference after the game with Wilson was so put off by it that just like Ursay got involved with the Colts, I think the same thing happened with the Jets. And he said, play white. And it worked today. And he didn't have a bad game. But we'll see. Like, you you, you made a, the best point. The Bears defense sucks. A lot of quarterbacks can do that against the Bears defense. And, and, lo- and today is an even worse version of the Bears defense. Eddie Jackson left the game hurt. Brisker was out. And Kyler Gordon was out. Both their second round picks in the secondary yep. were out. So, I mean, arguably, other than J- Jalen Johnson is their best, but the guy, the guys who started the year, Eddie Jackson, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, those would be three of their four best defensive players. They were out. And then Brisker has been a top five player for them for their defense, too. Their, their, their defense is 
atrocious. It was it was not a representative NFL defense that that they that they put on the field today. I mean that if that defense played 17 games with like that as the as the unit, it would be a historically terrible points allowed, rushing yards allowed, passing yards allowed defense. Like there there were there were not guys my my guess is of that defense that played two or three will be starters for the Bears next year. Like the the guys who finished the game. It, That's it why was, it was probably an ideal game to actually start Wilson. R- well, right. That was the that was the thing. Like, how bad is it? With I mean, like they're gonna have to keep him on the scout team for weeks because it, if it, it was not a decision based on the opponent. Now I know they didn't want to su- like subject him to the home crowd, and if something went wrong, and you know you didn't know that Brisker and Gordon were gonna be out for sure with the concussion, though. But that did happen on Friday. Like that, that was not like a game time thing. And then Eddie Jackson leaves during the game. I understand that. But the Bears defense today was legitimately not an NFL caliber defense that they tried out there. You mentioned Geno Smith. I think it's like a little bit of like the Gardner Minshew thing. I think it's that people like the idea that like, oh, maybe I could be an NFL quarterback. Like there's a fairly nondescript non-athletic looking white person like (laughs) like i could maybe be mike white i could maybe i wear jorts and have a handlebar mustache i could be gardner Minshew. like i think it's like one of those things that people just like you you want to believe that that is a real thing and like oh he lives in a van his name is mike white he could be an accountant no he sucks (laughs) <laughs> There's nothing special about him in any way. Give me a real sample size from him. And it's there. And then my only Bears thing out of this game is I'm going to be insufferable, even more so than normal. Because anyone who'd been hating on Justin Fields, like, oh, Trevor Simeon, he had these passing yards. Yeah, between the 20s, they scored 10 goddamn points. Why didn't my man Nate Peterman make the start? I was getting fed a bill of goods that I was going to be able to watch Nate Peterman play football again today. But Trevor Simeon was the backup. They elevated Peterman from the practice squad because Fields was going to be there. They needed a backup. Yep. Uh, and then Trevor Simeon got an ouchie in warmups. Yeah, and then everyone said Nate Peterman was going to start, and I got excited, and I bet the Bears because of it. Oh, but then but then Simeon went into the locker room and like, was like, I'm going to tough this out. I'm embarrassed. I can't get hurt in pregame warmups. And then he played, and so they played him. But, so yeah. The Bears did not know who their starting quarterback was going to be seven minutes before kickoff today. <laughs> Fairly incredible set of circumstances for this football team that I cover. Uh, Falcons commanders, close game, not a particularly entertaining game. Uh, I don't know where you want to go. The thing that I thought was maybe most interesting is Taylor Heineke was not good today, but he's five and one as a starter. Do you believe this is the last we've heard from Carson Wentz in any meaningful way? Because he was cleared to practice, but I see no reason why Washington would be compelled to go back to him over Taylor Heineke, who by all accounts is like the anti-Wentz in terms of like leadership and likability and all that stuff. And they're winning. And I know they, you know, they've got a little bit of a commitment to Wentz, but like, feel like we're done with the Carson Wentz show for a long time here. I, I, I do. Yeah. Although, as I say that, I thought Sam Darnold looked pretty good against one of the better defenses in the NFL today. 
So small sample size, yes, but he did it against Denver's defense, who I you know consider one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, no, I don't. No one will trade for. No one will sign Carson Wentz to be a starting quarterback. I don't even think, given his reputation now, that it'll be in the way that we talked about Jacoby Brissett earlier. Exactly. It's like, hey, keep the seat warm for this kid. No, that won't happen. I think he's going to have to be a high end backup quarterback somewhere. I don't even know if he wants to do that. And do so, but same thing, man. Like you want your backup quarterback to. I mean, unless you have a, I mean, I guess he could back up like Josh Allen, you know, like he could, he could back like where there's absolutely no path whatsoever to being a starter. Your voice doesn't matter. You don't need to coach. Like you don't need to mentor. You don't need to anything, man. I'll tell you what, Washington is going to be one of the weirdest teams to talk about when this season is over. Because I don't think Heineke is going to be able to do enough here to convince people that he's a legitimate starting quarterback, like a franchise quarterback where you're like, we're good with this guy. And they're if they're going to make, I think they're going to make the playoffs now. So that means they're not going to have a good enough draft pick to take one of these guys at the top of the draft. And given how poorly things have gone, now Stafford won a Super Bowl, but how things went for like Russell Wilson in a trade, maybe even Deshaun Watson to a lesser extent, given everything off the field with him. Like Washington, I think would be a prime candidate to trade for a quarterback, but are they going to be willing to give up the Kings ransom in picks? You know, like they're going to be Who's in that purgatory. What's that? It would, you know, like anything, it would matter who the quarterback is. Who are you trading for? Well, I know, like, but I'm just I, I could see them being more willing to move up to draft one maybe than like going out and getting a veteran. I don't know that they feel like they're a veteran quarterback away from just like really winning. I don't know, man. They might. If they win, if they go nine and eight or 10 and seven. Yeah, they might. They might. Young core, you know, but, yeah. but, but yeah, I, I, I guess it would just it would like what what veteran we like we talked about Kyler last week, but I don't Derek see that Hall. happening. Like what what veteran that moves the needles getting traded this offseason? I mean Jordan Love. Yeah, that's somebody like that. I, I heard Boomer that. I heard Boomer Esiason say Jared Goff is a great quarterback after the Detroit Thanksgiving game. Does Jared Goff go to Washington? Boomer Esiason said Jared Goff is a great quarterback. Yeah, you need to bring that up with him the next time I'm going to I'm I'm put that in my notes for Wednesday at three. Yes. That's a questionable do. statement, Boomer. <laughs> I don't know what was in your cider there, buddy, on Thanksgiving. I don't love that. I don't love that take out of you. Uh, you mentioned Denver's defense. So the Sam Darnold, you said he played okay. That 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 touchdown roll into the end zone was was hilarious, but let's let's table that for a second. This is the last game of the day. I would argue, Pony, that we could have led with this team today. The Broncos are a fucking catastrophe. (laughs) Like, they don't have an out of Russell Wilson's contract until 2026 at the earliest. 
And it would still be over $30 million in dead cap space if they did it in 2026. Dude, I don't know. Like, I, I know you know. There are 20 quarterbacks this season with over 300 pass attempts. This is how Russell Wilson ranks in touchdowns of the 20. He's 20th in completion percentage. He's 20th in quarterback rating. He's 19th. The only guy worse is Davis Mills. He looks horrifying. Horrifying. Their offense can't do anything. What do you do? What do you do if you're Denver? Just pray that he's that he's not cooked? What do you do? You cannot trade him. You can't. I mean, are you going to bench him and play a guy for the veteran minimum who's better than him? He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I don't know what you do. And the same stuff that was allegedly going on behind the scenes in Seattle happened during the game today where one of their defensive tackles that looked like wanted to fight Wilson on the sideline. And he had to say, like, I got this. Calm down. We're good. You weren't good. Right. Um, And that's the frustration of the defense has been good enough to win a ton of games. And if they had just gotten decent play from Russell Wilson, they'd probably be in the thick of the playoff race right now. What do you do? Well, you're stuck with him for one. Unless you coax him into retirement, he's your quarterback. He says he wants to play until his 40s. Yeah, you're stuck with him. <laughs> like, so, like that even, but he, I, I, I assume he's not this bad, but he might be. He, I mean, he legitimately might have been propped up by DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Pete Carroll and... You know, he's had a couple of injuries and it falls off fast. And I, it is absolutely in play that he's just going to collect checks for the next four years as the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And then until they like are the worst team in the NFL, draft a quarterback, and then he's the highest paid backup in the history of sports. Yeah, he's going to have to reinvent himself. I, I mean, he's got to move more. He, you know, he's 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 standing in there and he, he's either trying to get the ball out too fast. Uh, he's he, it seems like he can't read defenses anymore, which is like the thing that's the most mind-boggling about it. Like he he honestly looks like he's got some kind of anxiety issue when he's back there. He panics. So I, he's so bad, man. It takes them like nine plays from inside the 10-yard line to score. And that happens oh, I know. Once a week. Like they're like it's it's just like they they like they're one touchdown. It's like, oh, we made it. Yeah. They're they are an unwatchable product. And before the year, some people like them to go to the Super Bowl. But your point that they seem stuck. Is right. Like you're saying, what can they do? They, there, they, there are no options. There are no. They have to just like, hope that he's they, better next year. They, they can fire the coach, and they, they can, in theory, if they were ever so bad that they just decided to draft the quarterback, they could bench him. 
Because, dude, I, I mean, we're not yeah, there Yeah, but it's yet. not going to be a first-round pick. Seattle's got their first-round pick. Well, right. Dude, Seattle's going to get a could get a top five pick. Yeah, I know. It's it's unbelievable. It is it, it like what a calamity that the Denver brought. The only thing that I'd be feeling good about is like, well, my owner's rich enough that they can basically do anything. But it's not baseball. Yep. Like you can't just like cut the guy a check and move and move on. It's I don't know. Do you think it's a? I also think it's such a bad situation. That even if they offered Sean Payton the most amount of money, I still don't think he would do it. Why would you? You need a quarterback, man, to win. Yep. Bill Belichick will tell you that. I don't like, think he'd do it. I think if he, even if they offered two or three million dollars more a year than the next team, I still don't think. I, I think he'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I'll keep picking games on Fox. Well, because yeah, he's going to have options. Yep. Like remember like when Bill Cowher retired, he like. At options for 10 years. Same same with Dungy. Like Sean Payton's gonna be able to pick his job. Like he could wait to coach Justin Herbert if he wants to, if Brandon Staley's gonna get out of there or whoever he wants. Um all right, let's do this quick. We're running long. Did you have a top like your your single biggest Thanksgiving football opinion or takeaway? Uh yeah. I do have one. All right. Uh, the Bills needed the Super Bowl to be played in September because that's when they were at their best this year. Yeah. If the Super Bowl got played in the middle of September, they would have won it. But now I'm not even sure that they're going to win a playoff game. You throw the Von Miller injury on top of that. I know there's a little bit of a sigh of relief there, but man, they were very fortunate to come out of that game with a win. They were a nine, 10 point favorite, you know, their division, they still have two games left with new England. They're going to play them on a short week. I don't know. I just don't feel good about that. Their chances. Maybe they're a buy low option right now because they were so high for so long in the off season. And then the first six or seven weeks of the year. But right now I feel like the bills are, either one and done or a team that goes out in the divisional round again this year. There's no buy low, buddy. To win the AFC right now, the Chiefs are the favorite at plus 200. And then they're next. At plus 210. Yeah, sorry, not interested. I'd much rather have Cincinnati, and I would have told you that before they even went to Tennessee and won today. Dude, you can get Cincinnati at 10 to 1. Love it. Still love it. Dolphins and Ravens have better odds than the than the Bengals. Love it. I might yeah. get a home playoff game with them too again. I I judge the Lions differently than I judge like any other NFL team. I judge them like they're like a cute little puppy that pees inside. <laughs> they 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 covered. Good for them. They covered on Thanksgiving against the Bills. They they had a real chance. Dan Campbell, isn't he adorable? Yeah. I I did I I, they get I graded on a serious curve. I, I really do. I grade I grade all Lions accomplishments on a very serious. It's very patronizing. I'm sorry, Lions fans, but like, I don't know, man. Barry Sanders quit on you. Megatron quit on you. Calvin uh, St- Stafford wins a Super Bowl the second he leaves you. You win three games in a row, and then you cover against the Bills on Thanksgiving. I'm like, I'm, I, I felt like a win. I'm grading it as four wins in a row. 
uh, for the Bills. Uh, quick thought or for the for Lions. Me. Excuse me. Quick thought for me on Steelers Colts Monday night. Good, and you you cover the Steelers, so you get the last word here. Yeah. So, you know, I am I'm obviously always interested in in their games, but I'm even I'm interested in what the Tuesday reaction will be to watching Pickett because they've already played a Sunday night game with him and they've played one o'clock games that have had a decent amount of eyeballs on them in Buffalo and in Philadelphia. Even though Monday night is not the signature game anymore, I still think it's different from Sunday in that like sometimes people don't watch Sunday night football as closely because they've already watched six hours of football that day. And then the reaction the next day is like, you've got to get the whole day of football in like, yeah, no, on the, on the Tuesday shows, whatever happens on Monday night football, right. Especially with a nationally relevant team, like the Steelers is you're going to get talked about on all the shows on Tuesday for sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that I'm interested in hearing their opinion on what they think of this guy. I'm disappointed that there's no Manning cast for this game. Why did Peyton Manning not want to do a Manning cast for a Colts game? Is- uh, it ha- So that happened to the Bears twice last year. Uh, but it- he played for the Colts. I don't get that. Wouldn't he be able to get the best guests for a Colts Manning cast? Is, it, it, does they, he they, think they it got would be Barack weird? Obama this year, buddy. They, they, they get good guests. But does he think it would be weird criticizing the Colts does he still have an agenda an anti-Colts agenda dude he does that from his neighbor's garage and Eli does it from his basement on the screen of his golf simulator he probably is like playing golf this weekend or like on a vacation like this is like the least stressful job ever it's it is nothing to do with the opponents and the schedules or anything it is simply he has something cooler to do this week that is that is it. That is it. it. Do not do not take it personally, my friend. So he just names his own schedule, and ESPN's like, "All right, fine." Even though it would make sense for you to do a Colts game, yes, that's fine with us. Okay, that, that is like on nice. public record. They they said to Peyton, "What do you want to do in television? Do it with us." He's like, "I want to host a show called Peyton's Places that has an insane travel budget." doesn't work on linear television. You have to put it on ESPN plus. They're like, go ahead. They're like, we'd like you to be an analyst for Monday night football. He's like, I don't want to do that. They're like, well, what about if you did a zoom with your brother and you didn't have to leave your home and nobody could hear you or your guests for the first year and a half, because there was a lag on the, and you don't, (laughs) he's like, he's like, fine, let's do it. But I do think that the Manny cast has been hurt by um, Buck and Aikman doing the uh, Monday night games. I find myself watching the regular broadcast more yeah. than the Manning cast this year. Yeah, me too. You? Well, yeah, it's like some of the novelty wore off. Like, you know, it's it's not as new anymore, but I still love it. I love I love the Manning cast. I think it, I think it's I think it's entertaining. I think they're great. I I disagree. I I like the guests. Like some of them are bad, but. I, I I think it's a because of what you said because like I watched like you do ten hours of football on Sunday, I'm still a little burnt out on Monday night a, after doing the show, so it's nice to just kind of chill with a talk show. Like usually, like 
I've got an NBA game on. I got a talk show of football on, just like kind of hanging out. Yeah. So I like feeling like the Mannings and Vince Vaughn are in my living room. All right, dude. We'll talk Thursday after Bills and Patriots, brother. All right, buddy. Hey, nice, uh, nice of you to still wear that Syracuse hoodie, even though we lost to Bryant. Good for you. This is football. We're going to the oh. Fenway Bowl. Oh, that, that, all right. I'll see you at the Pinstripe Bowl. Thanks to Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review. First and pot, every team, every week, every game. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parker. Peace. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.